Listener Production. There were mixed performances for US stocks on Friday, although sellers had the wind at their backs. And Aussie shares expected to fall 1% on Monday as Middle East war set markets on edge. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Monday, the 30th of October. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, a new week beckons with a crooked finger, but we need to reflect on what happened in the United States. In particular, on Friday, the Dow Jones finished down by a percent, the S&P 500 down by half. Tech stocks distinguished themselves in better terms with the Nasdaq up 0.4 of a percent, but a vital piece of information was released on Friday. Figures on what US workers earned and spent over the course of the last month. We've got to pass on this one to an extent. We did, Tom. We saw a unexpected lift of 0.7% in consumer spending for the month of September. So that beat expectations. And what we did see is consumer spending continuing to surge as households boosted purchases of motor vehicles and travelled, keeping spending on a high growth path leading into the fourth quarter. So more than a year down in terms of this rate hiking cycle, we are seeing no abatement in the enthusiasm for the consumer to keep spending those dollars that they've accumulated over the course of the pandemic. When will it end, Ryan? Well, much hinges on two things. Firstly, where interest rates end up in the United States. But secondly, the employment market. So we get the latest job data coming up towards the end of this week. So that'll be something to look out for. So let's walk through some of the minutiae of what happened on Friday. Jamie Dimon's going to be letting go of some of his uh, JP Morgan shares. He probably needs to buy a Winnebago ahead of retirement. Well, yes, we did see JP Morgan shares down by 3.6% after CEO Jamie Dimon said he planned to sell 1 million shares next year. In a filing, the bank said financial diversification and tax planning purposes (laughs) were behind his decision. Yes, well, um, I'm sure cost of living pressures are being felt around at the Diamond household as well. But (laughs) I suppose the thing is that uh, if he sells a million shares, that equates to roughly 12% of his JP Morgan shares. So he's still got some way to go. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but certainly Jamie's not short of a headline, is he? No. Other things that were interesting on Friday, and one consistent theme that we have seen throughout the reporting season where the car makers have been uh, reporting, uh, they have pulled their earnings guidance. And we saw an example of that again on Friday. Ford Motor sank 12.2% after it withdrew its four-year forecast due to uncertainty over the pending ratification of its deal with United Auto Workers Union, which I might add actually occurred over the weekend, didn't it? It did. So there might be a little bit of a swing back for um, some of those organisations, given that. Hard to say. It's um, a line ball. But uh, let's just reflect on the fortunes of the market last week. So the Dow was down by just over 2%. The S&P 500 fell 2.5%. The NASDAQ down 2.6%. This will be an important week in terms of whether or not that trend continues or whether or not we continue to see downward pressure on stocks because it just seems like a bit of a slippery slope at the moment. It does, and stocks won't recover until the market believes bond yields have peaked. So this week will be critical because what the US Federal Reserve meeting, expectations at the moment are that the Fed does not raise rates in November a nearly 80% chance the central bank holds steady when they meet later this week. We get the employment data for the United States, as I mentioned earlier, towards the end of the week. And importantly, we get earnings results from technology heavyweight Apple. And we have seen 
some mixed outcomes for those tech shares. They're priced to perfection at the moment. And we did see the latest update on Friday from Amazon, which shot the lights out. Well, you mentioned bond yields within that paragraph, Ryan, and important to note, I suppose, on Friday, given the import of those income and spending numbers, we only saw a very modest move where interest rate markets are concerned. That's important because uh, if they had moved aggressively, you would have been uh, drawing the conclusion that they had seen something uncomfortable in the numbers. But fortunately, that was not the case. A two-year treasury up slightly, two basis points to 501, 10-year unchanged at 485. Uh, downward pressure over the course of the week, though. Uh, down seven points for a 10-year, down six for a two-year. How do you strategize this week with the Federal Reserve meeting? So it predates the employment figures. If there's an empl- a strong employment print, then we go into the end of the year with the shadow of a rate hike. Well, I think Friday's inflation data was important. So we did see inflation remain stable, but persistent. So the US Federal Reserve's preferred measure of inflation, the personal consumption expenditure core deflator, a bit of a mouthful, that excludes volatile food and energy components, that lifted 0.3%. And we did see the annualized number, the core number at 3.7% year on year. So it's the smallest gain since May 2021, after an increase by 3.8% in August. So we're continuing to see some improvements there in terms of price pressures, but they still remain elevated, well above the 2% target. It keeps the US Federal Reserve on the front foot. But of course, the markets have done some heavy lifting for the US Federal Reserve as far as Mm. tightening financial conditions with bond yields lifting recently. So in the event of a hot employment number, then you're still going to see a continuation of this conversation uh, in relation to if you're seeing workers spend the way they have been lately, then you know, you're going to have to factor in the possibility that risk to inflation is on the upside. Yes. And speaking of inflation, we got the latest consumer confidence data for the month of October from the University of Michigan on Friday. And US near-term inflation expectations for consumers rose in October to a five-month high as consumers feared higher prices at the gas pump. So that's reinforced the downbeat view of the economy for consumers. And of course, inflation expectations have a big impact on decision-making around interest rates for central banks. They are central. So let's quickly have a look at what's expected for the local market this morning. The ASX 200 is going to kick off with a sizable deficit. The futures are telling us that the index will be down by a percent after the SPY contract lost 67 points at the conclusion of the after-hours session on Saturday morning. Ryan, last week the ASX 200 was down just short of 1.1%. It has been down for five of the last six weeks. It is getting beaten heavily. It is. It's lost 3% so far this year due to those surging bond yields and concerns around persistently elevated inflation, which will potentially keep the central bank on the front foot when it comes to interest rates. So we've got our own decision from the Reserve Bank Not this week, next week, coinciding of Melbourne Cup Day and markets are increasingly pricing in the chance of a rate hike and a resumption of that hiking cycle. So I suppose one thing that might save the local market, as you uh, rightly point out, we're down by about 3.2% in year-to-date terms. Uh, The market fell 3.5% in September. That's a pretty sizable knock. You question now whether or not uh, the sellers have their energy levels flagging or whether or not they'll um, keep... 
uh, up against it. But this week, in terms of the local picture, very thin in re- relation to outcomes that might influence sentiment. We do have important results elsewhere. We've got uh, Chinese PMIs. We have got US jobs figures to look at. Uh, European uh, figures as well include growth and jobs as well. Um, what's in there that's going to make a difference to the local picture? Well, we get an update on retail spending today, Tom. So Commonwealth Bank economists expect retail spending to live 0.8% during the month of September. If that does happen, that would be very encouraging in terms of the consumer side of things, but the central bank may not agree with that. They mm. want to see a slowdown when it comes to demand in the economy. So towards the end of this week, we get an update on home prices. We're expecting to see home prices in Australia up by another percent in the month of October. Overseas, there are three central bank meetings. We've talked about the US Federal Reserve. The Bank of Japan, which is always the sleeper in all this, there's a potential there. We've been talking about this for a while, that they tinker with their yield curve control program. The other option potentially for them is to exit their negative interest rate policy as well. So that could be one that stands out. And we've got the Bank of England as well towards the end of the week. Amongst all that, we've got the latest update on the US employment market. Commonwealth Bank economists expecting 160,000 payrolls to be added during the month of October. In that context, uh, SiteMinder and GWA Group will be convening uh, those meetings. Uh, We've got production reports from Endeavour Group and IGO. Uh, elsewhere, uh, I suppose the thing to point out, Ryan, we had a bit of a fillip for oil prices at the end of last week, but still in weekly terms, uh, down by 3.6%, having risen by about 3% on Friday. It's really hard to get a gauge of, of what's real and what's not when it comes to these energy prices sometimes. Indeed, oil is trading on Middle East headlines at the moment. All prices early in the session on Friday soared about two bucks a barrel after the US military struck Iranian targets in Syria. Then prices briefly turned negative as markets digested various reports on mediation talks between Hamas and Israel led by Qatar in coordination with the US. So it's a complicated situation, but Brent's premium over the NYMEX or West Texas uh, Intermediate rose to the highest since March on Friday, making it more attractive for energy firms to send ships to the US to pick up crude for export, which is an interesting dynamic. But we did see the US all NYMEX price up by 2.8% to 85.54 US dollars a barrel. And that could provide some support for Aussie energy shares today. And the situation in the Middle East, of course, is an influence as far as the US dollar is concerned, uh, as well as obviously a whole bunch of other things. But the US dollar moderated a little bit at the end of last week. It was a volatile session as far as the Aussie dollar was concerned, but it was able to come home with a wet sail. Uh, just marginally lower than where it closed on Friday afternoon as we speak right now. It's trading at 63.3 US cents. A big week looms. Ryan? Look forward to it, Tom. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399 AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.